why had Italy not been unified by 1849? So before we dive into the actual factors which impeded unification in 1849, we have to sort of contextualize what Italy was before this whole period of revolutions towards unification. Exactly. It was an extremely economically backward nation uh, divided into 11 states which spoke different languages and had a very strong reliance on the church and fully uh, based their ideals on the Pope. Exactly. Um, they were under the rule of foreign patty dictators, but then came the Napoleonic era. And the French Revolution and the ideals of liberty, fraternity and equality began to spread not only across the Italian states, but in Europe as a whole. And that drove the um, need and want for change and revolution within the middle class, right? Yes, according to the historian Stephen J. Lee, during this period of the Napoleonic era, nationalism took France by storm and was then transmitted to other parts of Europe, especially to the fragmented states of Italy. So we see that during the Napoleonic era, the Pope is taken away from the authority and there is no longer that uh, clerical atmosphere yeah, exactly. And people started seeing the benefits, uh, the economic benefits in having a unified Yes, because unified he states, ended yeah. the, straight, the trade barriers between the states. So the middle class also grew because, you know, the economy in Italy was getting better and better. And with that, the ideals of nationalism started appealing more to the people. Exactly. And then the monarchists obviously didn't like any of that because it meant they would lose their power and influence. Uh, in the in the states and etc and that led to the congress of vienna where the major european powers were striving for this balance of power yes, within yes um yeah. metternich the prime minister of austria that thought italy was a mere geographical expression was the main man at vienna and so together with britain prussia and russia they thought that giving different um Austrian rulers, the states of Italy would be the best solution to ensure that that would be balance of power in, yeah. in Europe. They wanted exactly. this balance of power. It was their main aim. Yeah, the Congress gave Austria a huge influence in Europe and Metternich in, partic in particular, he regarded revolution as a terrible social catastrophe and he believed that only order produces equilibrium. Such a balance could be maintained only by the most careful vigilance. This is according to historian Stephen J. Lee and it just shows how Austrian influence in European powers would make Italian unification really, really yeah, difficult. Their yeah. worst nightmare would be to have liberalism, republicanism, nationalism. So they were just, you know, dedicated towards making Europe peaceful, um, establishing political tranquility and stopping these uprisings which were all triggered by the Napoleonic era and the French Revolution. However, this attempt to turn back the clock to before the French Revolution obviously wouldn't work. Come on, that was How can impossible. you pretend something like that didn't happen? So the middle class, which already had embedded into their minds these ideals of liberty, um, they obviously began to have some up uprisings and these revolutionary ideals were still in their minds and thus came the secret societies. Yes, but then we can ask ourselves, what role did the secret societies play in impeding unification? Why were they not effective? Well, 
first of all, the secret societies were, you know, only basically made of the educated middle class, which were the people who liked the economic advances of the Napoleonic era. And within the secret societies themselves, there were the extremists who were in favor of democracy and in favor of an Italian nation, the radicals who wanted each Italian state to have a constitution similar to the Spanish constitution of 1812, and the moderates who wished to see the French Charter of 1814 introduced into all the different states. Yes, and these secret societies, they were spread within all the Italian states and This brings up the point and the factor that the lack of unity between the Italian states were one of the biggest barriers to Italian unification. And this can really be seen due to the failure of the early revolutions in 1820 and 1821, where the local movements concerned only their, within their own areas. So their aims were limited and often wanted separation, like yes. Sicily wanted um, separation from Naples. Yes, so Naples, Sicily, Piedmont, and Parma and Moderna, they all wanted their own constitution, their own individual separate constitutions. And in the papal states, they just wanted to dismantle oppressive papal rule. So there was really this difference in aims between all the states. They exactly. weren't working together. Yes. And so how would you create a unified nation under states that are working separately towards completely different aims. But with the failure of these revolutions, uh, lessons were learned within the revolutionary movement in Italy. They learned it was quite easy to over overthrow the local rulers and also that local protests were useless. Yeah. For change, it would have to be a national movement. And to achieve success, Italy had to get rid of Austria. That's, I think that was the main outcome. They understood that Austria was the biggest barrier to their unification. And then the nationalist scene was occupied by thinkers and writers who were these intellectuals that really had... Uh, these nationalist ideals. So one of the leaders we may consider is Mazzini. Undeniably, the lack of effective leadership can be seen as one of the main factors that impeded the unification of Italy by 1849. Yes, and Mazzini is an example of one of these leaders. So he was undeniably a passionate leader, and he wanted to turn nationalism into a religion. He created the first movement in Italy aimed at a united country. Everything seems amazing, right? What everything he did, but he really lacked practicality and strategic appeal to the masses and to potential political allies. His propaganda was too sophisticated to appeal to the common folk, and therefore he failed to appeal and mobilize the peasants and town workers by disregarding the issues they faced. Yes, so he wasn't likely to gain foreign support or help from Italian rulers due to his radical and extremist republican ideas. His, his ideas were also seen as too dangerous by the moderate liberals and the wealthy were also alienated due to his plan to redistribute the, health, the wealth. His ideas were, I think, too radical for the time. He wanted to like jumpstart a hundred years in a, a very conservative time. You know? Yes, and he was too much of an intellectual. Uh, one of the problems with the secret societies, for example, was that they were m mostly composed of the educated middle class. 
And Mazzini was also like that. As you said, he failed to appeal to the common folk by his propaganda. And so how can you have a revolution when the masses, when the people of Italy are not into it, when they are not convinced by it? Exactly. Another leader that we can talk about is Pope Pius, which is very controversial, right? Yes, he... um, elected in 1848, he seems like the liberal leader everyone was looking for. Exactly. When he started, he significantly built hope for this liberalism by implementing political, judicial, and educational reforms. Yes, he, yeah. he also introduced an advisory body called the Consulta to help him govern. So these people that were in the Consulta, they were elected and included um, people from outside of the clergy. So he was really what seemed to be the perfect leader that Italy needed in exactly. order to unify. The people got lots of hope from Pope Pius. They thought he was the leader they had been waiting for. He set ground for revolution. Exactly. And one of the thinkers of the time called Gioberti, he believes that, uh, you know, by investing in the church and uh, in a united Italy led by the Pope, Italy would be able to become a nation. So it really seems like a good alternative towards unification. However, this was all vigorously crushed by Pope Pius's ultimate aim of conserving his power. Instead of supporting the Italian liberal movement, he turned his back on the papal states and appealed to 20,000 French troops. Yes, so he ended the republic which had been established and restored his possessions as leader. He refused to cooperate with Piedmont as well in the war against Austria. So he promoted this isolationist approach amongst the states, which further distanced Italy from unification. Similarly, um, Charles Albert was also another leader who seemed very promising at first. In the earlier revolutions, um, King Victor Emmanuel I was abdicated, and then he was temporarily replaced by Charles Albert who passed a constitution. But then Charles Felix denounced Charles Albert and appealed to Metternich for help from the Austrians. And then Charles Albert fled and the Austrian troops suppressed the revolutionaries. Then again, in the revolutions of 1848, the Piedmontese army under Charles Albert was beaten by Austrian troops. And then again, he went against the Austrian troops and he had to give Lombardy and Venetia to the Austrians because he just had to accept the armistice. Exactly. Like, as a leader, he was foolish. And he thought he could defeat the revolutionaries without any foreign support, right? So I think this leads us all to the common factor that had impeded many of these leaders to be successful in any way was the mighty strength of the Austrian troops and how no, no revolutionary act could be successful and defeat the Austrians yeah, um, as they had so much military might, right? The Austrian influence in most attempts to unification evokes their power over any Italian leader or popular movement. So there was really no chance for unification if Austria remains this powerful. Exactly. Because the, the Tropo Protocol actually proclaimed that Austria could intervene in a, any revolutionary demonstration, ensuring that there would be political tranquility in the European environment, right? So Yes. The Austrian troops led to the failure of nearly all of the 
1848 revolutions. So in Piedmont, um, the Italian Revolutionary Army was decisively beaten by Austrian troops, as I mentioned, um, because Charles Albert was just, you know, foolish and he didn't... was forced to agree to the armistice, which left Lombardy and Venetia to the mercy of the Austrians. And the Austrian troops also entered Tuscany and restored the Grand Duke to the throne he had abandoned in 1849. Parma and Mordana rulers were restored by the Austrian troops as well, and Venice was besieged and finally surrendered to the Austrian troops in August 1849 also. So there was literally no revolutionary force that could overcome the impact of Austria's military power. Ultimately, independently of one's will to revolutionize the Italian nation, the brute physical force of the Austrian troops left no room to effectuate Italian unification. Yeah, so I think we've summed up the main factors that led to the failure of Italian unification up to 1849. But it's like, if we could think of this in the perspectives of writing an essay, like an essay that would pick out maybe one of the factors and ask us to evaluate the extent to which this factor was the sole reason or the sole barrier to Italian unification, we would begin by giving the context of the Italian situation beforehand, um, mentioning the Napoleonic era and the French revolutionary ideals which had been planted inside the middle class, hence rising the revolutionary ideals. And the European will to just have this balance of power and to stop French expansionism. Through the Congress of Vienna. So, yeah, yeah the, the Congress of Vienna would probably be one of the factors you would list. And, you know, all of the things we discussed could be mentioned in that one paragraph. We could also mention the failure of all the leaders, including Mazzini, Pope Pius, and Charles Albert, how their leadership lacked um, the strength and the ground for revolution. And after mentioning all of that, we could lead to the lack of unity between the states, the lack of unity between the secret societies as well. Yeah, and mentioning also the failure of the early and the revolutions in 1848 as well. And then probably... Conclude. The failure of the revolutions uh, would bring up the influence of the Austrian yes, troops. Yes, and yeah? it concludes the essay with the... Um, you know, pivotal role, pivotal role of the Austrian troops in the failure of unification up to 1849. Exactly. Finishing with the idea that the military potency of the Austrian troops was the only factor which directly stopped every major revolutionary attempt, influencing every uprising, whether it be early or onset, restoring monarchies established by the Treaty of Vienna, attacking and forcing amnesties between the states, and ultimately defying any leader.